0: Ah, yes, there's something in the air. The grass smells greener. The air is fresher. I know what it is. The Stanley Cup playoffs are almost here. Episode 59. Hello, Switzerland and Roman Yossi. You should have heard me at the Spengler Cup doing play-by-play on New Year's Eve at the top of my lungs in a downtown establishment with Roman Yossi scoring the overtime winner while we were in Zurich, it was a great moment, my friend, a great moment. How are you, Craig Button? How is Germany?
1: Germany's great. You know, it's uh, spring has sprung here and, uh, you know, the weather is, is, is it's, it's that where you go out and you don't need to worry about a coat. You just go out and you're nice and comfortable and it's lovely. I mean, you know, we have the long winters and the snow melts and the flowers come out. You can even smell it. I don't know, Steve, do you like asparagus? Yes, delicious. I love asparagus. White love asparagus white asparagus season here in Germany. So I have asparagus soup and all kinds of things with asparagus in it. So it's been a lovely time here. Tournament's two days in. Things are rolling along. The USA looks really, really good. I have to say that there's a reason why they've won so many tournaments. There's a reason why they come into this tournament as a favorite. And I'll be shocked if you're not playing in the gold medal game on Sunday, May 1st. And we'll get into the U18s,
0: uh, what we know, what we don't know, what can we expect moving forward. So, Craig, what we know is this. There was middling hockey in Tampa, and people wanted more. I'm sure John Cooper did. I'm sure the fans did. But we've watched the Oilers and Habs and, you know, Islander dynasties figure things out. And as they went along, certain regular season finishes mattered less. So. I don't know if Tampa is in that category. All I know is this there was a worriedness coming from that part of Central Florida. And here's what the Lightning did in the last three games 8 1 against Toronto, who was 11 1 and 1 going in. 6 2, they spanked Nashville. They picked them up, just like those cartoons with the, uh, the cat <laughs> spanked them. Don't you do that. And then they played Florida. And if, that was a spanking. And this was a whacking as they, you know what it was? It was Spencer Goodnight, is what it was after Spencer Knight knocked in the fifth goal. It was men amongst boys the last three games. Does that mean on notice? Did those three games
1: against that competition put the league on notice? Steven Stamkos, the captain, said after the Toronto Maple Leaf game when they won 8 1. He said, I don't know if it means that much. It means something for us to show what we're capable of and what we have to do to to fire on all cylinders. I mean, Toronto's a good team. You know, Nashville's trying to fight to be in the playoffs, and the Florida Panthers are a good team. Uh, They they, they can dismiss it. But but here's where I'm at with the Tampa Bay Lightning, and you've heard me say this before. I think the Tampa Bay Lightning are the 91-92 Pittsburgh Penguins who finished third in their division. I believe it was 18 points behind the New York Rangers. And then they just started rolling, right? Like, I mean, remember that year, you know, Bob Johnson had suddenly passed away. Scotty Bowman took over trying to get everything in order. But boy, when they got everything in order, did it go in order, right? One of the things about winning the Stanley Cup, you know why it becomes hard to repeat as a Stanley Cup champion? It's because the people that have won know how hard it is. They understand 100% the price you have to pay, the sacrifice you have to make. And that's back-to-back champions now in Tampa Bay Lightning. So season that's had some pauses, some stops, some bumps in the road. They're going like, we know. Their team is still good. Julian Breezeball added some players. They know what they needed to do. Bottom line is, and I finish with this, my friend. If you're not taking notice of the Tampa Bay Lightning, do it at your peril because you're making a big mistake. <laughs>
0: If I'm in the East, which has eight 100-point teams, the ninth-seeded team has 80, and you want the nine to play an eight or even bring in the 10, (laughs) you're drunk in black and white, pre-Batman 60s technicolor. Think about that for a moment that Columbus and the Islanders would have to play or one of them would play the Capitals who have 100 points. You know what 100 points means in the NHL? Oh, it's on the ball. point. No, it means you're plus 18. You must be 18 games above NHL 500, which means 82 and 18 is 100. You have to be 18 games above. You know how hard it is to be 18 games above 500 and you want to demean the system? That's my rant for this day to sit there and go, Shame on you. Remember this? No, no, Jerry. Shame on you to even think to bring in a team to play Washington. And I don't even know where Washington is in the big scheme of eastern contenders we'll talk about that but when i i see eight at a hundred i've got my cutoff point i've got my cutoff and it's a high standard it's a standard of
1: excellence here not a standard of mediocrity i love it and if this was babu he would say the jerry very very bad idea (laughs) (laughs) well done you nailed it so
0: that's the tampa story Florida's won the conference very close to winning first overall in the NHL. Now we've got this Carolina Ranger thing again. And <laughs> added, added into it is the anti ranta injury injury. You can call him Peter in Russian, but Pyotr Kochetkov. Two games, two wins. He's now got to go to MSG and play the Rangers. Now they still have strength to schedule Carolina. But he's now got to be the guy. What if he's better than Ranta? And what if they knew they had him so they could say, we don't want Nedelkovic. We want Freddie. We're going to go out and get anti-Ranta. Where are we now on this goalie carousel? And I've even brought up Robin Leonard and Vegas. I didn't want to lead with those guys. They don't deserve to be the lead every time on this soap opera. We're going to get to their soap opera later on General Hospital here. But now, what's Don Waddell, what's Rod Brundemore going through with this guy who is two for two, but it's not Freddie? What's the mindset now as they take on the Rangers on Terrific
1: Tuesday? We had this discussion on Chris Letang episode number 58. Yes. (laughs) And we had the exact conversation about Antiranta, that he's shown a real capability. What he hasn't shown a capability of is staying healthy. And lo and behold, what ends up happening? So that's not here. I wasn't thinking that he would, but you know, you got a history. My, my good friend Doug Armstrong always says the problem with injury prone players, they tend to get injured. <laughs> it's a great line. It's a great yeah. line. So don't be surprised now that Anti Rank is hurt. That's number one. So Fiorter was a second round draft pick. He was a second round draft pick, Steve. You don't draft guys in the second round unless you believe in their potential. That's the bottom line. And he was a high second round draft pick, not one of these. Oh, we got a couple of he was a high second round draft pick, really good goaltender. You know, you start to look at somebody that's got the 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 technical acumen. He's got the athletic ability. He's got the sense and feel in the net, reading the play. And, you know, one of the things that goaltenders and, and, and in this case, he specifically. No different than Shisterkin, no different than Sorokin, and I I mentioned Russian goalies. you got to get used to the game being faster, more jams at the net, more traffic in and around the net. The European game doesn't have that. So you got to adjust to that. He gets into the American Hockey League, and now he gets adjusted. He gets under, okay, the game happens quicker. The shots come from different angles. There's more uh, players in and around the net. you got to learn it. You can have all the technical and athletic ability in the world. But you got to get used to this. That's part of development for these goalies. He's done that. He's done that in the American Hockey League. And now you run into an injury. If they don't have an injury, I don't expect them to be up there. It's not like they're going, okay, he's going to unseat Freddie Anderson. But you run into an injury, and because you've done things the right way, because you've done things the right way, bring them over get them in there like imagine if, if if they're if they're not getting that in order and they're not getting one of their really good prospects playing time to develop and grow now you're in a now you're now you're in a jam they didn't do that doing things right way developmentally this this is a good goal time don't be surprised about him coming into the NHL and winning his first two games don't be surprised when that success carries forward he's, he's that good and because
0: of the Come from behind clutch wins uh, in the last two. It's 112, 108. The Canes don't even need Tuesday anymore. They put themselves in a position where Tuesday doesn't matter. They could lose in regulation and still win the division, which now means Boston. Like it's looking like Boston. It means Pittsburgh and the Rangers again. Rangers. So we're back to where we thought we were before. So what does this all mean as this goalie? Like, it seems to me we might be in a spot where I'd rather be Carolina with Kochetkov than be Pittsburgh
1: with Casey, the Smith. Okay. Fair enough. But you you asked, what does this all mean? Well, we think about the last two or three weeks where we went through all the potential combinations and we're right back where we started. (laughs) Right, aren't we? We're right back where we started. Florida and Washington, Carolina and Boston, Tampa and, and, and the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Rangers and Pittsburgh. Isn't that so? I guess what are, did. Did we waste our time the last three weeks talking about all these combinations? And yeah, we wrote a song right back where we started from. <laughs> We're right back where we rated to. It's so like it, it 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 is amazing, right? And and you start to think about it. Oh my lord, could could Tampa Bay be the the a wild card team? Oh, could uh, the Rangers finish in first? You know, all these things. It's fun. That's what that's what sports is. It's about you know, yeah. The, the, there's an uncertain certainty about sports, and part of that uncertain certainty is is the uncertainty. <laughs> you know, and, and 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 but but there is like the teams that are good are good. And like they might hit some some spots and you you know some uh, oil spills a- along the uh, along the road where they slip a little bit, but they're still good, right? And you talk about a hundred points in the in the Eastern Conference, every team. These are good teams. So now I, I guess what I would say is it feels to me like the uh, the world playoff order in the NHL has been restored in the East.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, nothing's official, carved in stone, but it's, uh, we're in the real, Craig and I are realists uh, in this world that we live in. So now we go to the West, and it's 4-2 Vegas on Sunday night with an ability to close to within two of Dallas. Now, why is that important? Because Vegas has the hammer, kids. The hammer this year is RW regulation wins. So when you're tied with a team and you own the hammer, there isn't a tie. You're the leader. For example, people say Tampa is four back of the Leafs. No, they're not. They're five back. Four doesn't get it done because Toronto has the regulation win hammer when it comes to looking at points. Actually, it's five for Tampa. So it's really six. Now it matters. And if you also control regulation, overtime wins, you're in a good spot. Vegas was in a good spot. Then they went to a TV timeout. And then I saw Abby, the lawyer commercial at uh, – uh, area law and i thought well you know what they're in a good spot up 4 two then nick bonino scores then timo meyer scores and san jose wins five 4 an extra time now the gap is a little bigger going into tuesday and we're going to discuss this in a few moments that point is a big that point might be the the death blow jerry oh we're gonna miss the that flow Vegas had another opportunity, and again, Craig, they let it slip, slide away. Doesn't look like a playoff team to me.
1: Well, no, it doesn't look like a playoff team, and it doesn't matter if if, if it doesn't matter what they do. They could win all their games, and even if Dallas loses to the Vegas Gold Knights and they win their last two games, and Nashville, it doesn't matter. That one point now has taken the Vegas Gold Knights you know, out of, out of control. And, you know, all, all through this year, you know, Vegas has had their own adversity or deals to deal with on, on the ice, you know, with uh, injuries off the ice. Okay. Who's available with the salary cap and whatnot. They don't look like, I mean, and I've heard this from Peter DeBoer a number of times. Oh, if we play like that, we'll be just fine. No, you're not going to be. Stop thinking that what you're doing is good enough because it isn't. And, you know, a lot of people ask me why I haven't been a believer in the Vegas Golden Knights as a Stanley Cup contender, as a real good Stanley Cup contender. And I said, because they haven't shown me that they've learned from their from their previous setbacks. They keep talking about, oh, yeah, we keep. No, you're not going to beat good teams by playing outside the dots and not playing inside hockey. They're not very good in those areas at, about getting to the net and getting those inside slot shots. And the, yeah, we had 44 shots. Well, good. Bottom line is you're not challenging the goalie in a significant way. Dine out, dine out on all the fluff. That's how I look at the they They dine out on all the fluff of, of, of shots on goal. You go look at their game and, and I hear it from Peter all the time. Wow. If we keep doing that. No, Peter, don't you realize that you better change something and it ain't changing. I, 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 I've said it. They're, I think it's over. It's out. I think they've done themselves in and you know, the, uh, the, the post uh, you know, evaluation of the team, they'll look at it and go, what do we need? What do we not need? I think they, uh, they have to have that close examination as the, I I've admired the Vegas Golden Knights for their push going after it, making moves and everything, but the, the, they're going to have to have uh, a recalibration in my view
0: do you think heads will roll or there's enough that happened and enough people there that I'm, t- I'm just saying what Bill Foley would do. Right. I, I think, I think real hockey people would say, okay, we're going to attack this a different way and evaluate being up against the cap. And what do we do with the Donov and Riley Smith coming back? And w- do we believe in Robin Leonard healthy and all those types of things? Um, but that's what hockey people take a step back and think, Ah, uh, this season was Apollo thirteen. What will Bill Foley think, Craig? Is the bigger question.
1: Okay, so I can't speak for Bill Foley, but if I was talking to Bill Foley and 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 laying it out, if I was in his position, the, the thing I would say: the number one, no GM gets a pass here for being up against the cap because the GM's the one that created the 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 cap situation. The GM's the one that's you know you, you know built out the roster. It's the GM's responsibility. And thus the GM is accountable. So now when you go through uh, the postmortem, you go through like, okay, how did we get here? What did we learn? you know it, it was this was this a scenario where we ran into injuries and we couldn't overcome it do we believe that we can that we can find a, a balance here and, and with our salary cap and get better what do we have in our prospect pool you know they, they've been very bold and very aggressive in trading young players to try to you know push and they have like let's not forget that they have been a successful organization you know they're very so I, I don't think it's so much about it, it, what hockey people would say. I think it comes down to a fundamental evaluation and examination of what do we have, how did we get here, what could we avoid it, what was unavoidable, right? And then how do we want to proceed forward? That, that, that's what if, if you just want to keep going. Well, you know, it was one of those years. You know, when Apollo thirteen had the problem, they evaluated everything. How'd the fire happen? How did this happen? Like, you know, you go through it all. So, and then they go, okay, we need to make this change, this change, and this change. What do you think? And again, we see it in sports all the time. You know, people are jettisoned out. We need a change. Okay. Or they're kept because teams feel that like, okay, we got a, we got a really good thing here, but you got to go through the process of examining how you got here, where the accountability is there. And, and this, this, Oh yeah, well, they've had, well, maybe they've had success for the last four years and maybe you're looking at it and go, I don't think we can have success any longer. <laughs> right? So, and, and, and that's where change becomes hard. That's how I look at it. I will bet that
0: there will be more than just tinkering changes in Vegas. I bet there'll be something more, what I would call on the significant scale, what they all will be right now. I can only predict But I say most of it will come on the player side. That it will be about not putting themselves up against it. Uh, There will be player personnel decisions. People will not be coming back. And I think that they've learned from their Apollo 13 up against it. They will give themselves more breathing room. I predict and bet moving forward.
1: Okay, so fair enough. I'm not going to argue with that. But let's just look at where they're at. They just acquired Jack Eichel. That's 10 million. They got Mark Stone at over nine. They got Petrangelo at over nine. They got ready. I believe, at seven. Okay. I, I, I can only tell you this, Steve. Those like those guys aren't going anywhere. Okay. I like I, I've just added up just about what 37 million dollars. 36 million dollars. Okay. So 36 million dollars with four guys. Like cap's gonna be what 82? Don't think it's as easy to jettison players. And you know, I hear this all the time. Good. Guess what? The $2 million players aren't the ones that are going to give you the cap relief. They're not. So you say there's going to be significant player movement. Okay. I'll wait and see. All I know is it's really hard to trade those contracts. I'm not suggesting they should. Don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying those, but it's not that easy, not that easy.
0: I don't think Smith will be back, and I think they will make a sweetener to someone for Dodonov to clear up what they tried to do earlier, but didn't work. So, the idea they think Smith can come back.
1: Who's going to help the Vegas Gold Knights? Like, think about this. So, you've traded draft picks. You've traded young players. Okay, look at what they were going to have to do to trade Dodonov, right? That's what teams are doing, right? Wait a second. So, why did they trade for Dodonov in the first place? Because they thought he could help, and they liked him. Well, they did the same thing last summer after they lost. And then they put themselves in this situation, which goes right back to what I said. You know what? You better take a real close examination and figure out how we got here and figure out if how we got here is also going to lead us to get out of here. (laughs) I'm not – you can mention Riley Smith and Dedanoff and all you want. They put themselves in the pickle. (laughs) And Not bat- that easy. Don't think it's that easy to get out of it. It isn't.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, time now for KB on Ice. KB on Ice. And inside, that. look at the NHL brought to you by our friends at Sports Interaction. Sports Interaction is Canada's sports book. We love them, you can trust them, ladies and gentlemen. 19 plus, play responsibly. Tuesday,
1: April 26th. Terrific Tuesday again. It is uh, a terrific Tuesday and it might not be a terrific Tuesday for the Vegas Golden Knights. Tell you what, like, you know, you know there's shows that have a a pretty good run in Vegas, you know, the Golden Knights debuted there for really good years, right? Like seasons into the Stanley cup final, as good as uh, uh, just about every team, except the ones that won the Stanley cup, it could all come to a crushing end on Tuesday. I'm going stars at home to take the Vegas Golden Knights out. But you want to know what really did the Vegas Golden Knights in one second, one second, 1959 goal scored by San Jose's Timo Meyer. That was the end. They did themselves in stars. I'm going all in on my stars. <laughs>
0: I echo those sentiments. I watched it all Sunday night and just thought it is typical, not Logan Thompson's fault, ladies and gentlemen. Also Tuesday, Edmonton, Pittsburgh, for fun, I'm going to say that that game goes over and 97 and 87 get at least one point, at least one point just for fun because it's such star power. And Rangers Carolina, despite going to goalie number three, I'm still taking the Canes to win against the Rangers. Canes, star power, stars on Terrific
1: Tuesday. I love it. And really, you know what? still comes down we got some little marquee matchups but the vegas dallas one that's the one that just puts it all the rest playoff picture completed on tuesday you can call him peter
0: but it's Piotr kochetkov memorize the name ladies and gentlemen he might be starting off the playoffs for carolina ladies and gentlemen boys and girls with the most competitive odds, sports interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com forward slash coolbuttonpod. That's sportsinteraction.com forward slash coolbuttonpod. Nineteen plus. Play responsibly. Mr. Craig Button, we have matchups: St. <laughs> Louis. Minnesota. It's too early. It's too early to say who's going to win and why, but it's not too early to say, okay, we got St. Louis's record against Minnesota. We got them fighting for home ice. We've got the high scoring blues with their power play. And, you know, Justin Falk's got 16. He might join this 20 goal club at the end of the day that the St. Louis blues are, are riding a different team than three years ago minnesota's heavy caprizov's line is flying hartman's been a great story they got depth they got will <sighs> i don't know i don't know i'm only gonna make a prediction because i have to right now i just don't want to but keys let's talk about a key each on
1: each side going into may and game number one jordan greenway Matt Zuccarello and Matt Dumba returning to be able to play and, and, and you know, provide, you know, real good production in, in their different areas for the Minnesota wild. If they don't have those guys or they only have one of those guys, or they have one and a half of those guys, right. I don't like their chances. I don't like their chances. So that, that's the key for me. You better have some health. <laughs> you better have some health. You know, we've seen like, like Maddie Dumba, he's out. Greenway's been out, like Greenway adds a real element to the team. And you know what, Matt Zuccarello, you know, okay, he'll be ready, you know, where's he at and everything. All I know is this, Steve, okay? The top, the, the, the nine forwards for the St. Louis Blues, top nine, they got the best top nine in the National Hockey League. I'm not, and I'm not here Go well, what about this top nine, one to nine? No team has a better one to nine forwards in the National Hockey League. No team in my view, right? And you're right, they're different. Their blue line's different, right? And you know the goaltending seems to be sort out. Of, the St. Louis Blues to me are going to have to get the goaltending. They're going to have to find a way. And maybe it's both Husso and Binnington. Maybe it's both of them being worked in there, right? Because this team can score and this team can attack and everything. So I think for the St. Louis Blues, it's like getting consistent goaltending. I think St. Louis is real comfortable saying, you know, if we got to win four three or five four, we'll do it because of the nine forwards. I don't, I don't think they're sitting there going like, yeah, you know what? Like we're gonna we're we're gonna really you know, play tight in front of our net. We're not going to give up a lot. I, I don't think with their blue line, they can do that. I don't think they're positioned. If you want to try to do that, I think you're going to run yourself into trouble. But goaltending, they're going to have to just get this, like, don't take us out of games. And I think health for the Minnesota Wild is key. I like all that. To me, I also think that we're going to
0: see all four goalies in this series and not just in mop-up roles. No, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so it's going to be a four. And and from what I've heard from my TNT ESPN people and scheduling and everything, that there are some back-to-backs in the first round. And some might be, and it might be this series where games two and three are back-to-back. And if that's the case, Craig, they will schedule different goalies on purpose in two and three. Like if it works out that there's back-to-backs, now you're saying, thank God we have Flurry. And we have Cam Talbot. And maybe you're saying this is an opportunity now for Jordan Bennington. And I think the way it looks right now, we could argue that Minnesota thinks they've got goalies one, two in the series, and the Blues have three and four. You know, that proof in the Billy Husso pudding will come out when they play each other. But if the Blues are as high f- scoring and high flying as we think, and they have the best top nine, then it means Minnesota, I don't worry about KK97. I don't worry about, about Zuccarella if he's in. I don't worry about Ryan Hartman. Kevin Fiala, then, has been on such a tear. What will Minnesota get in their second line and middle scoring to match the Blues? Like, the Blues will score. That means the Wild, they better score, too. I'm not worried about KK97. He's a 100-point guy. I'm not worried about Zuccarello. I'm not worried about Hartman. So then Fiala, who's been on a roll, can Fiala chip in? Can Boldy chip in? Joel Erickson, Eck. Can then... In that lower tier, the grind that you're talking about, can they do enough to slow down some of the Blues, intimidate St. Louis the way intimidation hockey was part of Barubi hockey some three years ago? But if there's a dry up there for the Wild, that could be a big, big problem. A big, big problem. Because I think there's a lot of other things we like on the defenses. We've just discussed the goalies. But if someone goes dry, if someone can't fight through the the playoff checking and produce i'm more worried about minnesota's than lack thereof depth offensively than i am there there's a lot of green apples that are ready to be eaten right now for the blues i hope it's there for the wild if it is we're going seven for sure if it's not that might be a difference maker in my hockey opinion
1: yeah, you no, know, I, I totally like. I think that that's uh, that that's really uh, sound when you look at the teams, and 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 you're going to need some scoring deeper, than, and that's why I talk about the top nine for the for the Blues. The other thing I'm going to finish off here with, I I could see the series absolutely going seven games. I mean, and and I could see like a game getting like one like like a, a real advantage, one game for one team going the opposite way for the other team next. I, I really do think it's got that two really good teams. I'm going to finish with this. I'm a voter for the major awards in National Hockey League. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Kirill Kaprizov is in my top five for the Hart Trophy. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, he's in the top five. You're going to be very surprised when you see my ballot and see who's not on the, on the Hart Trophy ballot top five. I'm not sharing that now, <laughs> but I'm telling you, Kaprizov is in my top five.
0: Well, I could predict your top 3 right now, but uh well, we'll go see. ahead and
1: predict it and I'll just and I'll tell you if you I'll tell you if you're if you're exactly right or you're close or you're wrong. Okay. Well, this is like uh, the price is right when you have to put the price up. It is, to the yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: If you're saying Kaprizov is in your top 5 and you'll be surprised, you've just talked me into thinking that he'll be on your ballot maybe in I the- told you he's I told you he's going to be in my top 5 in the heart. Well, then I'm going to put him in your top three because if he's fifth, that doesn't shock anybody because what you're saying is that good. So I've got Matthews, Kaprizov, and I'm going to guess either Goodrow or Huberto for you. You've been on Goodrow's side, but maybe Huberto. So I'm just going to guess. I'm just guessing Kaprizov, Matthews, Huberto
1: is your final three. I will tell you this. If you wanted to boil water, okay, The stove is not capable of heating up water to have a nice cup of hot tea.
0: Oh, I'm not that hot at all from what you're saying. Okay. Well, we'll play that game again next week. (laughs) Boiling water with Craig and Cooley. Cooley is cool right now because he's not that close. Uh, Oilers, Kings. I call this the better win series for the Oilers. Go time, it's show time. Every team in the league who's in the playoffs, given a choice, would pick the LA Kings or Dallas, I'd say, but we don't know where Dallas is in right now. Given a choice, you don't think Colorado would pick the Kings. You don't think Tampa would pick the Kings. You don't think Florida would pick the Kings. You don't think the Leafs pick the Kings. It's the better win series. Mike Smith is hot. The Oilers are deeper than they've been. Evander Kane, I called that. They get to go 97, 29, 93 deep. They'll get Poole back. I'm told they'll get nurse back. They're just better than the LA. Kings, and they better beat them in six games to make everyone happy so they don't talk about leaving and everything else. So the patience of Ken Holland, did it pay off Mr. Button believing in Mike Smith? Should the Oilers win in six games? what would stop them from women wing,
1: women? What would stop them from winning in six games? Well, you, you you say it's the win series, so you, you find ways to win, right? And I I think that one of the things is with Kenny, and Kenny's got a tremendous amount of experience here. I, I'll be straightforward. I, I thought he dithered. I thought he dithered on his goaltending. I thought he left his team in a, in a in a position. But give him full marks. You know what he he said. I I think our goaltending can be fine. And, you know, he made he made a coaching change because he felt that that was something that was uh, could have a big impact on the team. OK, so everything is at this point in time. Last year, going into the playoffs. OK, were the Edmonton Oilers not in exactly the same spot. Yeah, we've
0: we, we seen this movie before, right, with Chicago and Winnipeg. I've seen this movie before. It, it better
1: end differently. How about that? Uh, see, and, and that's why I'm saying and this is the thing for me. When, and, and and yes, you know, Koskinen and Smith have, have, have played well and, and and Ken deserves a lot of credit for saying, And, you know, you look at his salary cap, he goes, well, there's really nothing I could do, you know, or I didn't feel it was something that was going to be significant enough to impact, the, uh, to, to necessitate, you know, what I was going to have to give up. Right. I, I get that. I'd like, And that's management. You got to make those decisions and not everyone's going to be uh, met with, uh, you know, 100 uh, percent public approval. But, but Kenny's not worried about that. i'll tell you what the playoffs start and you're playing la those first two games at home you're watching the goaltend and i know one thing: i know one thing if i'm the la kings i'm going we get to that and we get to that early we are going to not only plant the seed of doubt we're going to plant a field of doubt (laughs) and you know what and we're going to water it and we're going to nurture the soil and, and we're going to bloom and take them right out that's, where, that's the game plan. We're get, we got to get right to the goaltending right early and, and get them back on their heels. That's what the LAK, that's what Winnipeg did last year. That's what Winnipeg, that's what Winnipeg did, and the and Oilers were gone in four, and the goaltending wasn't very good. Wasn't very good. Well, the uh,
0: star power in Winnipeg is higher than, I believe, the Kings, and if that's the underbelly weakness of the Oilers, then if I'm Jay Woodcroft, who's got great numbers, 20 and eight and change, uh, well, they lost in regulation. So, but it's a great record, 30 games in. I go after the Kings defense. Without Drew Doughty, put more pressure on Sean Dersey, some of the other players who are going to be overwhelmed in the waves. I would come in my McDavid wave and then in my Dreisaitl wave and then in my 93 wave and say, Without Drew Dowdy, you can handle this. This could be another four-goalie series and say, Jonathan, you're a little older now. This is not the mid-20s, Jonathan Quick, uh, who's clearly been good. But if you look at the record of the Kings, they just went four in a row. You know who they beat? Yeah. They beat Bakersfield. They beat the Ontario Reign. They beat the Toronto Mar. But then the games before, they went to Western Canada and lost them all. So they have used their strength of schedule to their advantage of beating the, the weaker teams But now it's the Oilers in waves, pressure on Deneau, pressure on Kopitar. I I say this much. I call this the better series. This team in Edmonton better win. They, They didn't draw Calgary. They didn't draw Minnesota or St. Louis. They draw the LA Kings. It couldn't have been a better draw at the world. It's not the group of death. It'll be the group of death that the Oilers lose. That's the way I look at this. They better attack that
1: defense and make them be the difference, not their own goalie. Agreed. Here's what I will say though. You know, one thing that works in the, in the LA Kings favor is that they do have Kopitar and Deneau who can match up against those two centermen in, uh, in, in LA. That, that, that is uh, that is something that not very many teams have and the LA Kings do have that. And last year when they went in playing against Winnipeg, I mean, the record against Winnipeg was outstanding. McDavid had like 75 points in the whatever many games they played against Winnipeg. And then it was over. I, 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 I hear you. I agree with you. I'm just telling you, like, you're right that you, you got to play, you got to attack. But for the L.A. Kings, I'm just telling you how you beat Edmonton and you got to and you got to you got to get there early. It's not like, oh, yeah, we lost game one, you know, and, you know, we didn't get – you better get – do you talk about attacking hockey? Attack, attack, attack the soft underbelly, as Mr. Bob Gainey would say. And
0: 97 better get inside. No perimeter series hockey here. His ability to get inside the dots, as you've talked about, will be the difference. He wants to stay and make passes on the outside – that's, that's not going to work. Dropping the shoulder and cutting to the net. Interior hockey, as you say, is what this series better be all about. We've got time to talk about two main subjects to close. Two beautiful ceremonies. Different ceremonies on Sunday. Ryan Getzlaff, his final NHL game, and what was just an emotional tearjerker in Montreal. Ultimate hockey fans. Dot com forward slash cool button pod to get your ceiling fans and puck light fixtures. Your buddy, our buddy Paul Cohen will take care of you. Ultimate hockey fans.com. Go online, check it out. There's some beautiful, beautiful stuff for your hockey basement. Gets laugh. The ducks did it right. Honoring best player, longest serving player in franchise history. And the emotion in Montreal, Craig. Nobody, and I don't mean in, in hockey, I mean in world club team sports, Liverpool, Man U, some team in Australia, you can't do it better. And if you missed that, ladies and gentlemen, for 15 minutes on Sunday night, that was the most dramatic 15 minutes of the year. I was bawling to think it took 3 Madema Messieurs to finally get to the moment of silence,
1: old blue eyes. So Steve, I I was pretty lucky growing up, Uh, you know, in Montreal season tickets, Lafleur was, was the guy that I, that I idolized. I mean, he was the guy and, you know, you're a young kid and you know, so I was, and guess what? Two two and a half million other people in Quebec were too, right? Like, you know, and and he did, he, he had the flair. He had the, he had the the, everything that you want in a star. literally, you know, he came, he jumped over the boards and you got to the edge of your seat. It, it was almost like there was this kind of was it worked to, together. He jumped on the ice and, it, and, and, and the magnet brought you to the edge of your seat. The, his and his magnetism on the ice. Steve, I was 14 years old and uh, my mom and dad had tickets to see Frank Sinatra in the forum. And my dad had to go away. And so he couldn't go with my mom. So I went with my mom, front row seats, the Montreal forum watching Frank Sinatra. I was 14. So when you talk about balling last night, when I saw that ceremony and then I heard my way, I had no chance. I had no chance. I was a puddle. <laughs> and, you know, to think about Guy and you, again, I've said this before, he was a great, great player coming up through the ranks and people knew him. Jean Bellevaux is retiring and in that ceremony on Sunday night in Montreal, they have the voice of Guy talking about the torch. I, I mean, okay, so like there it is right there. Like like if if you ever want the visual, Jean Belvaux retiring and handing the torch from failing hands, we we throw the torch to you for yours to, to, to hold it high. Guy Fleur held it high. And you know, and pass it on. I mean, it's not just the ceremony, it's the Montreal Canadiens. It's one of the most storied sports franchises in the history of sports franchises. And to me, if you talk about uh, a masterpiece, Guy Lafleur on the ice, he created masterpieces. And the Montreal Canadiens, that was a masterpiece on Sunday night. The spot shadow on his 10,
0: the closing picture that had Lafleur between Bellevue and Rocket Richard. And to me, whether you're in broadcasting, you're in hockey, you're managing your parents, why that ceremony is so important is how well every little attention to detail was to make it right. It wasn't happenstance. The only thing they didn't control was the fans' reaction. Three madame and monsieur pauses, three ole, ole, ole's, uh, I got to think, people in the building, Bruin players, Bruin fans watching, have players thought, you know, if somebody thought, okay, they're going to do this thing, so they're going to probably, uh, yeah, so the puck will drop at uh, 7.08 here, whatever. Are you kidding? Are are, are are you? Not that they were rushing, just to your mindset. First of all, there was no empty seats. There was no lower platinums at the sushi bar. There was no... Moments of let's get this on. This, you could not have said lights, camera, action in Hollywood and done better than that. That was unbelievable. Like unbelievable. And I'm glad that I watched it live. And if you didn't, you can just go back on some recording on NHL.com and put yourself in the moment, make the room dark. It it, it, it's unexplainable if you didn't see it. It really is unexplainable. And it tells you about a lot. And I also think from my chair and growing up and knowing Canadian history, whatever, we can't deny that there is culture and race involved as well because there, it's one of your own. And, and I get that because it helps matter more. And help, like they love Bobby Orr and it's great. But because he is also ours, I feel like Rocket, what he did for the culture, that's how it started. You know, R- respect and deserve, and we can play t- uh, all the things that people today are like, what are you, yeah, that's the history and the story. And to go from Rocket to Bellevue to Guy and Guy and, 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 and Jean talking about, no, be yourself, your own, and, and to be that great. It was, it, it was something. It was, it was something. And I, I'll tell you right
1: now, I, it exceeded even my expectations, Craig. And you had high expectations. Oh, right? oh. no. And there's no question about it. You did. I can only, I can only tell you, you, you know, you, like, again, you think about how passionate he was about the game, how brilliant he was at, uh, you know, uh, uh, playing the game and how how many memories people have of, of, of his brilliance. I mean, it's just, I mean, they're forever, you know, none of us are going to be forever and it's a sad day, you know, that gee has passed on, but what he gave us, it'll stay with us forever. And with the iconic story franchises in sport, the Montreal Canadians, you know, right there, you know, at the top of the list, he just another one a long line of iconic figures that have come through that are, you know you talk about Richard and Beliveau and Lafleur I call him the father the son and the Holy Ghost you know and the Canadians are a religion in Quebec and you you went to the forum to watch your heroes he was a great he was, he was a hero to so many he'll be missed that's it for episode
0: 59 of the cool button hockey podcast we're back with episode 60 later in the week if you didn't see it do yourself a favor go watch the ceremony if you saw it like we did you might just watch it again let you know really what life's all about be good take care of each other and we'll see you next time for craig i'm steve bye for now